God, government, and you. So I'm, I'm wondering if the government's checking me out today to see what I'm going to say about them. <laughs> Who knows, right? Who knows? Praise God. Maybe they will. If they do, uh, lend me your ears, government, okay? Hallelujah. You know, we're living in a very highly uh, politicized climate right now, aren't we? It's uh, just crazy, isn't it? All the stuff you see, the trash talking, the mud slinging, the outright lies. Can we say it that way? It's it's really a, a crazy time. It gets you know worse and worse. It seems like every four, ever two, or every four years. You know who can spend the most millions of dollars to make the other one uh, you know look bad. So it's terrible, terrible time. So. Uh, today you're in the right place. I'm going to tell you how to vote. <laughs> not, <laughs> not really, okay? Um, some of you have already decided, and some of you, if you're like me, we won't be in town Tuesday. We've already voted. So uh, anyway, it, uh, it is very important, I believe, for the child of God and for believers to know what God's Word says about the government, our relationship with them, and their relationship with us too. Amen? Does it go two ways? So we're going to look at that today. We're going to zoom in on some, some scriptures. You know, right now, you and I are citizens of two kingdoms. Amen? We're, we're stuck down here for a little while longer, right? We're citizens here, so we've got to do the best we can while we're here. But this, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. I say that a lot, but my citizenship is in heaven. But until then, I'm going to try to live my life down here the way... The good book says to live it. Is that good? Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's look today uh, in Romans chapter 13 and verse number 1. Paul spends the first 11 chapters of this uh, book of Romans telling us what to believe. And then he spends the latter part of this book telling us how to behave. Some of y'all need to learn how. To behave, right? (laughs) Brother John, we need to learn how to behave down here till we get there, right? And God's word is clear and explicit about it. So here it is, Romans 13, verse number 1 in the NLT version today. It's called Respect for Authority. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from where? God. And those in positions of authority have been what? Placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they will be what? Punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? How many like that? I don't want them knocking on my door at midnight hour to you. Here's what you got to do. Do what is right, and they will honor you. For the authorities are God's what? Servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid. For they have the power to punish you. I know that's right. Anybody ever spent some time in jail? (laughs) All right, okay. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. 
Pay your taxes. We don't like it, do we? No. They get higher every year, don't they? Just like insurance. You ever notice that on your mortgage payment? It just keeps going up, 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 and 5% here, 3% there, 10% here, and it's inflation, right? Uh, Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Paul wrote this right in the time when Christians were being persecuted like never before under Nero. Are you with me? Burning them, you know, lighting them, putting them on poles and lighting them up on, on fire. And yet he says, what? Respect the government and the authority and the position they have because why they are placed there by God. Wow. Circle that in your Bible. They've been, you know, I've wondered about some of these guys that gets in there. Anybody ever wondered about somebody that gets put in a position of leadership? You're like, whoa, God, okay, you know. What's going on here? What's the, what's the deal? You know, I want, to, I want to look today at several points, but number one, God has ordained civil governments. He said, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, Democrat or Republican. Ouch! You mean i got to submit to the governing authorities when there's a Democrat in office or there's a Republican in office? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And we're going to talk about respect a little bit later here. Uh, you know, even people that, like I said, we, we may not like it includes Putin, Biden, Trump, Obama, Bush, Hitler, Stalin, King John, I mean, Kim Jong-un, all of these apparently have been in, put in these places by God. It's what the, what the Word says. And sometimes we'll, and we'll find out, too. You know, we worry about it, but how many know God is? These governments and kingdoms are nothing. In the sight of God. When you look at God in the big picture, he's what? The great I am. He's over all, through all, in us all. And the man, galaxies are still being formed out there because he spoke the world into existence. So, you know, we get so caught up uh, and our heart rate gets up and everything else when we talk about someone that's in a position of authority that we don't like, right? And uh, so we need to chill out. Turn to your neighbor and say, chill out. All right, chill out a little bit. Hallelujah. They are only there to serve the purpose of God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 22. Let's see what it says here. It is God who sits above the circle, the horizon of the earth. Even back then, uh, God knew that, uh, or Isaiah knew that the earth was not flat like so many thought. Did you catch that? The circle. The circle of the earth, the horizon, and its inhabitants are like what? Grasshoppers. It is he who stretches out the heavens like gauze, curtains, and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Who brings dignitaries to nothing. Woo! There it is. Can God take care of them, church? Brings dignitaries to nothing who makes the judges and rulers of the earth as chaos, emptiness, falsity, and futility. Yes, these men are scarcely planted. Scarcely are they sown. Scarcely does their stock take root in the earth when the Lord blows upon them. I like that. 
and they wither, and the whirlwind or tempest takes them away like stubble. Even Stalin and Hitler, you know, during my, uh, a little bit before my time period, but did God take care of them? Yes, he did. And he used America and so many other allies to, to do that. But we get so caught up in some of these things. You know, as I said, they're only there to serve God's purpose. God has the power to remove them, take them out, and make them as nothing. Hallelujah. Point number two, the government does have some biblical functions. Number one, civil protection. How many likes to be protected? Amen. It's very important. I know there are some that uh, are thinking that thinking uh, uh, that maybe we uh, don't need the police force quite, quite as much, but uh, I love it on the side of their cars. It says what? To serve and protect. They have a job, don't they? They're looking out for you. Someone breaks into your house, uh, if you didn't shoot them, uh, they're going to come and help, right? <laughs> Are you with me? Hallelujah. And if they break in my house, uh, uh, what's that sticker we put on the door? We don't call 911 here, all right? We just, uh, we just take care of it, praise God. You, you mess around with my family, and uh, you, you'll find out really quick. But they're, the, they're there for a reason, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. They are there for a reason. And, you know, again, even, you know, we think about laws and stuff. I may not like the speed limits sometimes. You know, yesterday we were coming back from Tulsa. It's now 80, 80 miles an hour in places between. And I was doing about 82, you know, just says no tolerance. I thought, okay, well, maybe I can slip by with one or two (laughs) miles over here. I'm just being honest with you. Y'all do it too. Y'all do it. Y'all do it too. So I was doing about 82. Yeah, I was doing 82. Well, somebody else thought 100 was all right. I mean, they went by me like, boom. I'm like, what in the world? Man, they were getting it. No tolerance. My foot, you know. They were going fast. And, uh, again, you know, it, it, the laws are there for a reason, aren't they? I did get to ride on the Autobahn one time over in Germany, which went over to see... Sheila, when her husband and her were stationed over there, and man, they really drive like crazy on the auto. There's no speed limit. It's like, whew, whew. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But anyway, laws are for a reason, are they not? You know, and this is First Peter chapter 2. Let's, let's look at this. In verse number 13, it says, For the Lord's sake. What? For the Lord's sake. If you don't even like it, do it for what? For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. There are good laws and bad laws. Would we agree? Some of the ones I don't like. In fact, I'm glad to see after 50 years one of them was... Knocked out, all right? <laughs> Give the Lord a hand clap. See, there's proof that God will take care of it. Amen? Right there. Took 50 years, took a little while, but Roe versus Wade overturned, right? And we see that playing out a lot. You say, uh, well, government shouldn't legislate morality. I mean, you know, nearly all, law, all laws are legislated morality. Laws against murder. Why? It's morally, morally wrong to take another person's life. 
Number two, laws against rape. Why? It's wrong to force yourself on somebody. There, there's laws to take care of that. And even, even the stop signs we, we talked about while ago when speeding, it's morally wrong to endanger people with your vehicle, isn't it? You know, you've got to have law. So don't go there on the, you know, it's wrong for government to legislate morality. They're, they're taking care. They're looking out. They have a purpose for mankind. So in the second purpose here today is to provide military protection. As far back as Israel and other nations, they're plumb on back. You get way back in the Old Testament. Did they not have an army to protect their citizens? Very important that the government, you know, protect its people. Uh, America has done a great job here, I believe, around the world. Now, I would like to talk to them a little bit about that southern border down there, right? A little bit. I think we could do a little better job there, don't you? I think there's a way to stop some of the influx that's coming in. You know, a lot of people uh, coming in and not being vetted and screened right. So uh, I'm not for, you know, I'm for anybody coming here legally. The same way my grandpa did in 1906. I got to stand there on Ellis Island here a few years ago in New York, there where the Statue of Liberty is. He came in by boat, landed there from Denmark, and he signed his name. He went through the process of learning citizenship in America. So let, let's do it the right way. Amen. And uh, then you can enjoy some of the benefits here. But any other way, uh, I, I don't believe is, is right. But they provide military protection. I forget who said this, but eternal vigilance is the price of freedom, is it not? We have to be on guard. Right now while we're sitting here, there's thousands, tens of thousands of young men and women, and even some old men as well, that are what? Safeguarding America's interest literally around the world. They're there in their place of duty. They're watching the screen, the monitor, or they're up in the plane flying over here with their cameras, and they are protecting us around the world. So it's, it's very important, I think, that we understand, you know, the, right, uh, the, the role of government uh, uh, here for us as citizens. Now, there are some things, however, I don't think they should be involved in. This is my opinion. I don't think they should be involved in education. There's nowhere in Scripture that you find God demanding that civil governments provide free public education. It's getting quiet in here now. This is my opinion. Again, nothing in the Bible that says that. And now government is using education to indoctrinate our youth. They're not teaching, you know, back when I went to school, it was the three R's. <laughs> Reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> there you go. Y'all catch that, right? No? Okay, all right. You, you can tell where I graduated from. It was, it was Hollis, Oklahoma, but the three, the three R's. Now we're teaching everything but the three R's, just about. We're indoctrinating and... Again, it's not the government's role, I don't believe. I believe a parent should, if I want my kid to go to a Catholic school, he should be able to go and still get the funding that the state provides for the public education. If I want him to go to a Pentecostal school, I should be able to, to put him there and get the funding instead of having to not only pay my taxes and then pay for their schooling on top of that. Again, that's my own opinion. You're entitled to your, to your own, and you've been wrong before. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here we are. We're having fun today, aren't we? Right now, I just saw the headline this week. They are teaching in first grade 
class, mind you, transgender lessons. Is it time to wake up, Christians and believers? We either need to take back control of the education process or do away with it. You know, I've noticed just about anything the government gets involved in, it gets, it gets worse. <laughs> you know, more expensive, uh, more uh, whatever, all the fine tape, the red tape, and all of that. So number one, education. I don't think that's their spot. Number two, how many of you know that welfare is not even something that the government should be involved in? Who's supposed to be in charge of that? Everybody say it. The church. You know, we read in Acts chapter 6 there. You know, you look at that. Uh, I think we just taught on this a few weeks ago. They were having uh, trouble with some of the Grecian uh, widows being neglected. And uh, Paul uh, and different ones were helping take care of them. And we find right then, even plumb back to there, the early church, they were taking care of those that didn't have food. Now there's so many programs now, and people get on this welfare program, and I'm not against helping anybody. Are you with me? I, I want to help people if they're in need. We, we help people all the time. This church does help, help people, with, uh, and John and Jen will verify that because they're in charge, charge of that. We're, we're here to help. If you have a need, we're going to do our best to help you any way that we can. But, you know, I'm not for uh, just, just handing out money, money, money. You know, uh, back when I was a young man, it, all the welfare system was was commodities. We gave some food to people. Now they get a blank check. Uh, uh, well, a blank card, I should say, and they can get just about anything they want to with that card. And at some point, you know, that's good for a season. If you're in a low spot in your life, I was on food stamps one time as a young man for about three months, going to college, making a dollar seven cents an hour, I think it was, dollar forty, I can't remember, it wasn't much. We didn't have food in the house. So we applied and we got on it, but we were off of it in about three minutes. But now we've got second and third generation people that know how to quote, play the system, right? Hallelujah. We, we need to, you know, uh, grow up and uh, get, a, get a job. And, you know, if we're able, if we're not, then I understand that, if you're physically incapable. But number two, uh, uh, welfare. Number three, religion. God never ordained for the government to be his instrument to mandate or regulate religion. Are you with me? In fact, uh, if you look in the first clause of the Bill of Rights, 1791, it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. They're supposed to stay out of our way. Amen? But yet we saw, did we not? How many have lived, How many were living just a couple years ago? We saw what they did to just, I think, in my mind, to test the boundaries to see how far they could push us with the shot and the COVID thing and all of this stuff, closing down the churches and, and all of this. They literally broke the law, in my mind, by doing that according to our Bill of Rights. And, well, it's, you know, some people are stupid and they're going to blah, well, whatever. But we still have a Bill of Rights and we're either going to live by it or do something else, right? So, again, they should not be involved in religion, I believe. Uh, the 14th Amendment, the Supreme Court, even in the 20th century, uh, they applied what we call the Establishment Clause. Anybody ever heard of that? Individual citizens are free to bring their religious convictions into the public arena. Hallelujah. Even in our century and in our generation. So, there you go. This is some of the things that we're uh, 
talking about here this morning, first of all, is uh, government's involvement. Number two, what is the Christian's role in government? What is our role in government? Well, we read it there a while ago in verse 1 and 2. We can go back, or I think I've got it right here. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. So number one, we're to submit to government authority, aren't we? We may not agree with the law. I'm still working on the seatbelt law. I kid you not. I'm a country boy, and I, I don't like it that they tell me I have to strap in, you know? So uh, I, I still, and again, if you've got little children in here, kids, you need to buckle up, okay? My, my son-in-law is, is always on me. My grandkids, when they're in the car, Papa, seatbelt. Teddy tells me all the time, he's a fireman, he says, seatbelts save lives. I was like, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, again, I'm still, I'm still working on, y'all pray for a pastor, okay? And uh, submit to government authority. Now, if they're trying to force you, now we're coming to, to the part here that make your ears kind of set up a little bit. If they are trying to force you to disobey God, that's another thing. Are you with me, church? We have a higher loyalty to God. And we're going to find that out here with some examples I'm going to give you. There's three views, it seems like, today by Christians. Number one, believe the government is so corrupt that Christians should have little to do with it. Just ignore it. Don't vote. Don't serve. Just uh, That's kind of the mentality of saying, oh, I don't even vote anymore. They're so corrupt. They're blah, blah. I've heard, how many's heard that before? I'm just done with it. They can do whatever they want to. That's, that, I don't think that's good. Do you? Exactly. Second thing is, some of them, others believe that God has given the government authority in certain areas and the church authority in others. The church should take care of spiritual aspects and the government take care of the physical. That's kind of the opinion that some, a little, little bit better, but it's, it's still wrong. Here's the third. The third approach is this. Others believe that Christians have a responsibility to make government better. Woo, that's where I'm at, right there. Hallelujah. I believe we have a responsibility to make government better. I'm thankful for some uh, Christian men and women that I know personally. Uh, I don't know Governor Stitt, but I know he was raised in a, a Pentecostal church. Are you with me? And uh, Brian Hill, he's been here and spoke before. Jay Siegel, uh, Jake Merrick, some of these young men that uh, you, you, you sit down and have lunch with them, you find out really quick. They love God, and they're there for that reason. They're there to hold the standard, to hold the bloodline. Are you with me? And we, so we need uh, young men and women, I believe, involved in the political arena. Amen. Somebody's going to be in that seat. Why not let it be a Christian? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then we gripe and complain. Well, there's Muslims in it, and there's this and that in it. Well, get out and go vote. And get involved. We allow the uh, Republican Party to meet here about, they meet here about every month or so, and have a meeting right here to discuss stuff. We get involved. Colin's getting involved. So I'm, so I'm thankful. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, let's see here. I've got something else here. I think that was it. 
We'll move on here. Let's move on to the next one here. Yeah, let's talk about Peter and the apostles, how they reacted to the government pressuring them. If you remember, if you read Acts chapter 3, there was a man healed that uh, he had been lame from his birth. We find out later at the end of that chapter that he was some 40 years old, and they healed him. Well, it caused quite an uproar with the Jewish council in the Sanhedrin. They didn't like it because people were like, wow, did you hear about, you know, news is traveling fast. So they brought, uh, brought them in, Peter and the other apostles, and began to question them and interrogate them and said, what, you know, by what authority did you do these things? And he said, by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you slew, amen, we've done these things. That's what's happened here. And boy, they did not. Oh, they did not like that. So in Acts 4, verse 19, here's what they said. But Peter and John replied to them, whether it is, they said, you know, it's not right to be doing this. Peter and John said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide. But we're going to continue to do what God has called us to do. When government comes in and tries to tell you where to, uh, anything regarding your belief as far as your, your relationship with God, is it time to stand up? Yes, indeed. So they, they continually, you know, they, they kind of reprimanded them pretty strong. Said, Boy, you do this again, you're going to be in. And, and what did they do? They go back to the church where everybody was gathered and had a prayer meeting. And when they had prayed, the Bible says the place was shaken. <laughs> Woo, I like that. They prayed, they had a prayer meeting, and they said, we're going to go out and do more. So in Acts chapter 5, they go out and do more, preaching and teaching and telling people about Jesus and seeing bodies healed, and they just on and on. So once again, they get caught, or that, that's not proper English. They, they are caught and uh, brought in and put into stocks, put into a, uh, an inner cell. What happens? Angels come. <laughs> Woo! And get them out of there. Amen? Angels come and, re- and rescue them and so they're out they go back looking for them they're like they're not here something happened oh my goodness so they finally kill yeah somebody said they're down there again doing the same thing preaching down there by the temple so they go and grab them again and this time in acts chapter 5 verse 29 let's read this peter comes right out and says that then peter and the apostles replied we must obey god rather than man you start stepping on, on, on our religious beliefs and on God, look out. Amen? We're going to obey God because we have a citizenship there in heaven. It's more important than anyone down here. Are you with me, church? Praise God. So we're standing firm in our faith. Amen? Uh, day four. Thank you, James and Dina, for those every, every day on the, what to pray for. It says to hold the line. We're going to hold the line, aren't we? We're going to stand firm in our faith. You know, I think of the three Hebrew boys. What did they do? They wanted them to bow, didn't they? You know, if, if they ever come into this church and say, we want all of you to bow to this idol or this, what are we going to do? We're going to stand. We're not bowing. He said, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not bow. We will not bow. We serve the sovereign God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, hallelujah. So they, they let them know. Number, the second part of this, B, is respect government officials. We kind of talked about that a little bit. But in our text, in verse 7, it says to uh, render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute, 
Custom to whom custom, to whom fear, honor, to whom honor. Now, if President Joe Biden wanted to come to my house, he would be welcome. He would be welcome there. We would sit down and we'd talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. Because of his position, I respect him. Ouch. Boy, it's getting quiet now. Let's don't take an offering right now, Brother John. Amen. He would be welcome because I would be trying to convert him. I would be talking to him if he, if he wanted to sit down and talk. I'm going to be loving and kind and show the honor and the respect that he uh, needs. Amen. Titus chapter 3. Let's look at this. Let's explain it a little bit better. Remind people. That's what I'm doing today, okay? To be submissive to their magistrates and authorities, to be obedient, to be prepared and willing to do any upright and honorable work, to slander or abuse or speak evil of no one, to avoid being contentious, to be forbearing, yielding, gentle, and conciliatory, and to show unqualified courtesy toward everybody. You're sitting there and you're going, I don't like that. Talk to God about it. (laughs) I'm not the one that wrote it, okay? Talk to him about it if you don't like it, right? Amen. He's the one that, he's laying out some guidelines here. Uh, Paul is in this this particular book here. Uh, uh, We show proper respect to them, do we not? You know, one of the fruit, in fact, Jesus even said it. Pray for them that despitefully use you. And say all manner of evil against you falsely. We have a bigger picture as Christians, and we carry a bigger standard than just the average person. We are to be what? Representatives of who? God. We're his servants here upon this earth. So again, how many are getting something out of this today? Anybody had to say ouch a few times already? Yep, probably. Probably so. And uh, again, I'm going to ease out the side door when this is over, but hallelujah. Uh, you know, you know. again, I mentioned it earlier, but we don't worry about them. The great judge will hold them accountable for their conduct while they were in office. They will be held accountable. Are you with me? In fact, I remember I, I shared with you back in July, I'd gone down to Ardmore for a big uh, thing there with a bunch of preachers. And I remember telling you the story. Anybody remember about Governor George Wallace? How that he had... He had been a terror to black people and not only to them but to a lot of people and a preacher a man of God that was raised in the same town I was Coy Barker God told him to go and tell him you're going to hell and you hate black people and you know what Governor Wallace eventually did he repented got on a came to Coy's church got on a live television feed right there and it was packed there were cars there were standing room he apologized were being uh, wrong about many of the things that he had done in his, during his tenure and during his uh, governorship. So, again, God will take care of them, won't he? Won't he? So, lastly today, we're running out of time. Pray for all government leaders. God can change them. How many have ever seen God do something that the polls showed that it didn't look like it was going to happen? I can think back several times where one, a few times when I was like happy and a few times when I wasn't <laughs> so, so happy. But God can definitely change things. Hallelujah. 
Our leaders make big decisions. Do you realize that there are now 10 countries or nations that have nuclear capabilities? Think about that for a minute. And, you know, even Russia. Russia has 6,200 nukes. We have 5,250. they got a few more than we do, but, man, that's a lot. That'll blow the whole... Uh, either one of them get mad at each other, and we're in trouble. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. And the way I understand this, some of these things are set in motion where if, if one's already in the air, uh, we're going to be, uh, you know, firing some more back. This, you know, we need to think about these things. We don't... We think, you know, we, we get up every day in our peanut brain and think, I'm going to work, I'm going to do this afterwards, we're going to have the picnic this weekend, but uh, your whole world can change. That's the reason it is important to be ready at all times, saith God, amen? It is important, and not only to be ready, but to have your family and your children ready. I would hate to be doing anything right now that I knew didn't line up with God's word. In these perilous times that we are living in that Paul saw even 2,000 years ago. He saw what was going on today. But 1 Timothy chapter 2, let's read this, talking about praying for our leaders. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. First of all, everybody say first of all. Then I admonish and I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all men. For kings, presidents, right, and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life, and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is what? Good. Say, praying is good. Praying is good. And right. And it is pleasing and acceptable to God, our Savior. Is it important for us to pray? What's my job as a Christian? Pray. I need to respect authority. I need to submit to authority, but I need to pray and watch God work. Hallelujah. It's no time for fear, church. It's time for us to hold the line in faith, get involved. Don't just sit around with with our head in the sands and, and complain all the time. Oh, it's just terrible. I can't believe so-and-so got in office. Well, yeah, we pray and we get involved. I'd love to see a, a governor come right out of this church right here. Wouldn't you? Hallelujah. God may be raising someone up to do that. You know, we've got some on the state uh, and local levels. But, you know, uh, Lankford, you know, back several years ago, he was just a Baptist boy and began to get involved in some... Uh, political arena and God you know now has him in that position he's a he's a Christian I'm glad for it amen glad he's a Christian you may not like some of his policies again that's between you and him not my not my uh, role here today but we're going to pray for all of our government leaders you know there there's a cause folks that's before us I think of David in the Bible when he went down to the battlefield y'all remember that just a young man Everybody's cowering in fear, afraid to fight the big old Goliath that goes out every, every day. You know, for 40 days, he's, he's challenged the God of Israel. And, and David heard it one time. And he said, he told him, I'll, I'll go out. I'll take care of him. They said, blah, blah, blah. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause here? Do we have a cause? Amen. Praise God. And it's time for us 
Again, this is just some stuff today from my heart on God, government, and you, and the responsibilities and roles that we play. We can have an impact. Don't think that your vote doesn't count. Don't think that your involvement doesn't count in the big scheme of things. It does. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Hallelujah. We must rise up, I believe, and y'all are right now, and accept the task before us. And I want to see this nation remain one nation under God. I do. I do. I want to see that. And again, we, uh, we have a, a big responsibility. The old country boy saying the wheel that squeaks, what? Gets the grease, doesn't it? We got to start squeaking and we got to start letting our presence known. We're in the place right now that we're at because Christians have just kind of lazily rocked along. Amen? So it's time to awaken on the inside of us today. We got to rise up. You know, and I'll say this kind of in closing today. All governments on earth run by man will fail. Look, look at the history. All governments on earth that have been run by man. Why? Because man's involved in it. You know, we say oh, Marxism, socialism, all these different. You can, uh, communism. You can look at all the, the failed uh, plans and policies. I'm thankful for America. We've been here, what, 245, 50 years almost now, and still, still here, and we still can come and assemble like this. That's a blessing, isn't it? But we want to keep it that way, and I want to keep it that way for my kids and my grandkids long after I'm gone. So praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you for your word. It has much to say about government and believers and our responsibilities and roles. Lord, I just... Pray today that understanding has been been given to some perhaps that didn't completely understand and were out of line. God, I just thank you. We submit to authority. We thank you, Lord, for our leaders that are serving in their place today, and we pray for them, God. That every hidden thing they try to do is exposed. There will be justice federal level and the state level and the local level we pray that righteousness will become the standard we pray that truth will reign supreme we pray that the church will rise up and stand firm in our faith Lord we pray that righteous leaders will be elected and put in the offices that are open These things we ask, Lord, and we praise you. We thank you today for our country. Shared with you earlier, as our heads are still bowed, that in the midst of all this, it's very important that you examine your heart today and see if there's anything there that doesn't line up with these scriptures today. Maybe you're here today and you say, something you said today touched my heart and I need to repent. I need to ask God to help me in this area. If that's you, Hold your hand up today. I want to pray for you. Anybody here today? There's been, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been wrong about some of the things that I've said and towards my leaders and different things. If that's you, right now is your chance. Hold your hand up. I've been out of line. Yes, yes, yes. Several hands going up. And I'm going to drop it right here at the altar of God today. And I'm going to get my stuff right. 
I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start believing God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to let you handle it, God. I'm going to let you, as we've read in Isaiah, Lord, in Titus, we've read in 1 Peter, several places, God, you are in control. And you see and you hear us today. So I praise you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What we're going to do today, this is stay and pray. And we have an election coming up Tuesday. Again, it's, it's a very important election. It's nip and tuck right now in some, some states. And uh, one of my last points to you was pray for our government leaders and our future government leaders. So uh, we're going to serve communion first. And then we're going to invite you to stay and pray for our nation. If, that's, if, if your country is important to you uh, and your leaders, I would like to ask you to stay and spend a, some time here just praying. But I'm going to ask, uh, let's see here, John right over here and Jonathan, both Johns this morning, to come down and just hold these elements here today and invite you to come by. We're going to start this time with this section. Let you all come by this way. We're going to change it up a little bit. Just uh, come by and get the elements here and uh, then return back to your seat. You can come this way. It's fine. All right, come on down. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And if you were one that raised your hand about repenting of some things, as you go back to your seat, now would be a great time to talk to God about it and just say, Lord, I, I repent and I give that to you. I'm not going to continue to carry that load anymore. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, shoot
praise you, Lord. There's no confusion in our minds, Lord. Confusion is gone in the name of Jesus. The enemy's attacked. It's thwarted. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Thank you for your affection, Lord, towards us. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you're doing right now. As we look into our hearts today and examine them to see if there be any wicked thing in me. Search me, O God. Know my heart, know my thoughts today, I pray, Lord. If I've acted unkindly, if I've done things I shouldn't, Lord, I just repent today and I thank you. I praise you, Lord, that you are a forgiving God. We still wrestle with this flesh sometimes, Lord. We really do want to be a reflection of you. We want to win people to Jesus. We want to see our families and our homes living righteously and godly. So that's the reason we do respect authority. It's the reason we pray for those in these leadership positions. It's the reason we get involved. Lord God, is to make it better. Make it better. Lord, you taught your disciples so much regarding this, even with the, the fish. Lord, you said to render under Caesar's what Caesar's unto God what is God's so I praise you Lord that all the the lessons of life that you were instilling within them today Lord and we just want to continue that today instilling your word into people's hearts Lord so that we can line ourselves up with it this is our instruction manual for life God thank you Jesus thank you for laying down your life for us on that last night that you were here on this earth, you gathered those close to you there in the upper room and had a meal together with them. It was a feast day. And, and you shared some things with them intimately, Lord, there in that, in that room. You picked up some bread and you took it and you gave thanks for it. said, this is my body. It's fixing to be broken for you. And then you took the cup referred to it as your blood that would be shed for the remission of sins for all of mankind thank you Lord thank you Lord for cleansing me of all my sins all the things that I've done past present and future Lord I praise you today thank you Lord as we take communion here in just a moment Lord we remember you said as often as you do this do it in remembrance of me. So that's what we're going to do here, Lord. And ask Jonathan to come and pray over this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask everybody to, let's, uh, about 30 seconds here, let's search our hearts if there's any uh, burden that we have any unforgiveness in our hearts. 
um, whatever is, there's anything weighing us down. Um, if we can just search our hearts and give that to the Lord this morning and uh, um, just take about 30 seconds here. take the bread in our hands. If y'all can partake with us today. Thank you, Jesus. If we can take uh, the cup here. Praise you, God. We give you all glory, God. I thank you so much for the unity that this church has. I thank you for your blood. I thank you for everything that you've done for us, God, that we do not deserve. God, I, I just, we pray for this country. We, we ask you for just mighty blessings for the coming election. God, I just, uh, um, I ask for us to, just continue to seek after you, after your face, God. We need you more than anything on this earth. God, I just, I thank you for this service. I thank you for um, just Pastor David and his heart. This is a tough message to to bring, especially in Oklahoma, God. And I just, uh, we just love you, God. And I just, I thank you for, for David's heart. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the direction that this church is going. I just, unity commands a blessing. It says that in your word, God. And I just, um, I wouldn't want to be any other place on the earth, God. I just, I give you all glory, all praise. I bless everyone in in this church in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. We're going to put some music on here, and uh, Bev's going to put up on the screen the, the first five days of what we've been praying for.